Today's episode is brought to you by NextPro. Hockey Profiles by NextPro is an online hockey-specific platform designed and built to help hockey players get to their next level. During the COVID-19 pandemic, it's been even more difficult for scouts to reach players and for players to be seen uh, on ice at the rink. You know, I know all about that. I haven't had any scouts in my games. You know, it's crazy. It's all because of COVID. I haven't had a single scout. I, it's, it's brutal. Um, <laughs> NextPro is bridging that gap by allowing you to create a scouting profile that lists all of your elite prospect stats, video highlights, education, achievements, and more. These profiles can be viewed by hundreds of teams across the world, and the numbers are growing every day. To sign up, go to nextpro.ca and use the code BACKUPS20. Now let's get into the episode. It's only game. I don't know any all-star. Come on, you bitch. Why you have to be mad? Yeah, you and me in the parking lot right now. I'm not a huge white claw guy. I gotta be honest. Backups podcast. I looked up your stats, buddy. Never been in a goalie fight before. You want me to come fight you in the parking lot? You didn't want to NATO, you can't just go three months without recording an episode and expect our viewers to come back like nothing happened. It doesn't work that way. These, everybody is here right now. We've no, got Riley McVeigh in the title. Yeah. We got Riley McVeigh in the title. The ladies are going to come flocking. Are you kidding me? What are you Dude, talking all we had about? To do, all we had to do to get an ad read was just take a three month hiatus. Dude, we, it literally took us, well, I sent out about 20 emails to try and get ads, not a sick, actually beaver buzz replied to us. Sorry, beaver buzz. If you're, you're not listening, but uh, I never replied to you. <laughs> um, they said they weren't paying us anyways. I was like, all right, well, not much motivation there. Um, welcome back everybody to episode 31. I thought we might cap it off at a clean 30, you know, Pavel Barber, not a bad way to go out, but we had to come back just for uh, this man here in the bottom left corner of my screen, Riley McVeigh. And I, I guess some guy named Taylor Gauthier, um, I think he's a janitor down at the Southfish Creek Arena. He's got some good stories, but um, yeah, we, well, today I'll, I'll say we got Riley McVeigh, University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire Blue Golds uh, goalie to join us as a special little co-host. What's going on, buddy? Thanks for having me, boys. Appreciate it. Not much. Just kind of live the best life you can right now and hanging out. Yep. Yep. This was uh, a long time coming, having Riley on. We kept being like, oh, yeah, God. we're going to get him on. We're going to get him on. We're going to get him on. Like, <laughs> I've been waiting, no, I've been waiting no, for this no. for months, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is the highlight of uh, 2020 right here. This is. <laughs> Honestly, I'm excited. Riley just trans. So this was funny. I was texting him. He just traveled from uh, from Calgary to Wisconsin. And I text him. I'm like, so what do you got? Like a two-week quarantine? You got to get tested or anything? And he's just like, nope. Just, just hanging out. Do whatever I want. And that's, I guess, what's going on in the States, eh? Dude, you should, yeah, it's compared, especially to back home, especially with like everything that's going on right now in, in Alberta, which is all the lockdowns. This is nothing like you need to wear a mask when you go places. So like you go to target or whatever, slap on a mask. You see the odd person walking around without one and just like, nobody really like says anything. But other than that, like there's no restrictions. Like you go to the bar mask on when you first get in there, take it immediately off once you get in the door and then you're fine so there's like wow and you should have seen the airport in calgary it was dead like nobody was there i get to minneapolis and it was absolutely slammed you could barely move in that place it was so busy it's oh, natural geez, selection fucking americans 
Yeah. Swear to God. I forgot to uh, in- introducing our uh, next co-host here. We got Slim Shady in the uh, bottom right corner of my screen. Fab's Dude, you can't even today. say that. He looks phenomenal. He's got platinum blonde locks. <laughs> hey, is Slim Shady not a uh, uh, good-looking dude? Yeah, but that's the buzz cut. He's got like the that's true. luscious curls luscious coming out of his scalp right now. You know, it's funny he's got that. the Prince Charming look. He's glowing. It's it's funny because when we put the bleach in last night, like she was like, okay, my girlfriend was putting it in and she puts it in. I was like, all right, I guess we're doing it. And we sit down on the couch. It's got to be in for like 40 minutes or whatever. And she flips on a movie and she puts on 21 Jump Street. And the first scene of that movie is just making fun of Jonah Hill for having bleach hair. <laughs> this, this is gonna be a mistake Dude, so did you use, did you use just straight up clorox or did you get like the stuff from the store no she actually went hard and went to like sally's beauty world and got all this but she oh, got this God. i think she got the stuff that's not supposed to go on the scalp and she just lathered it all through my head and i was like wow uh this this hurts and she was like <laughs> no nah, it's fine and i was like no i like my head's on fire and she was like She's like, nah, nah, we'll just rinse it out later. But I've got, I think I've got a few scabs under there now, but it'll yeah. be fine. All right. Well, Fabs is going to have his cul de sac coming in by age of 25. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to lose all that hair. Holy. Um, well, yeah, I, I think I wanted to kind of mention to everybody listening where we've been. No the last intro for Jay. No. Fuck Jay. He doesn't even want to talk. <laughs> well, I will introduce then Jay Jizzle Thompson there in Camera, Alberta. What have you been up to lately, huh? Uh, a lot of skiing. I came back, oh, yeah. decided this was the year for skiing, bought myself a pair of Ben Shetler 100 Atomic Skis, bought a season's pass at Lake Louise. I've been grinding it out. It's been good. And the rest is purely classified. Jay's document about what I can ask him, it's blacked out every single line, and then he just has like skiing, skiing one word. <laughs> um, <laughs> just a man of mystery. Well, uh, I've been, I feel like I want to say I've been doing nothing, but I haven't. I just haven't been doing this. So we obviously episode 30 drop with Barber and then me and Fab started university. And it's like, we wanted to put out a video, just kind of like almost a meme that was going to be like, Hey, we're not recording episodes anymore. Um, and we just decided, you know, it's Christmas, Christmas break. We had the opportunity to interview Taylor Goche, who was our episode, uh, sorry, who was our guest today in the bubble at Edmonton for the world juniors. And like, you know, we got to go for it. We might as well get the guy, we other guy we've been trying to get on forever in, in McVeigh and, just have some fun, but you know what? Backups post this episode is, is, is a mystery. I guess you'll just have to wait and see what we have planned. We're still blowing up on TikTok. We're almost at 10 K on TikTok, which is, which is pretty dope. Big flex there. By the way, NATO, good job reading out loud on that ad read. Holy cow. Not a single (laughs) stutter. That was good. (laughs) I'm fucking uh, RA of this pod. I don't know. I think Jay might be biz. Jay's had some, some, uh, some, mess mishaps when reading out some i think it's because i write the questions and then yeah. jay reads it in like trying to sound like in his own way but it just doesn't doesn't well, i don't want to sound like robotic but the wires just cross in my brain and sometimes like somehow i'm reading out like the physics 30 textbook when i'm thinking <laughs> whatever it is you wrote on the paper my brain doesn't work physics in the way that <laughs> yeah anyway Jesus. moving on i'm a i'm a grade six reader um yeah but might have come from a couple extra pucks to the chin over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, I guess. Uh, stick. What? <laughs> this is a fucking mess. <laughs> this is why I write out every question word for word because I just sit here and stutter for the rest of it. Well, we have been hardly talking to, to Riley here. So 
a little background on on McVeigh. He's played uh, in Calgary. Here, would you who'd you play your minor hockey with? Um, I played my minor hockey with Westwood and then Springbank West. and then went to, oh yeah, the Westwood Warriors baby back in the day. Wow. Um, and then I finished out at IHA. Right. IHA. What was that school like then? Um, it was still, now it's kind of a gong show. It was still when it was called Sizek. Oh so, my God. Sizek. Yeah. So it was still then, but it was kind of like the first year. Cause I remember, um, they asked me to play for them and I wasn't sure if I was going to make triple a or not like in my last year of midget. So I was just like, they asked me to play for them. I thought it was going to be like a good, like opportunity. And then I looked up their record and they were like, they won like one game in the last like three years or something. Oh, like, geez. Oh gosh, this isn't good. And then I, I just ended up just taking a chance and I ended up getting like uh, a couple of my buddies I convinced to come with me. And then from there, it just kind of a snowball effect. We just kind of like just kept asking guys to come and we ended up getting together like a pretty good team. Um, like we, we were, we were a good team for sure, but we only, wow. we didn't win a ton of games, but we weren't terrible. The only year in Sysic IHA history. Yeah. It's tough when you're in the same division as Banff to win games. You're just going to have a, yeah, they're an absolute powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Dude. playing Banff. That was like, that was our one time when we could like go up there and like, we'd mo- like, we'd get a win and it was just like, I just loved going up there and playing. It was sick, but yeah. no, the year was a little <laughs> bit of a gong show. Like, overall just with a lot of yeah, uh, yeah that's got to be always weird for iha especially this well i guess this past season because they only played the division teams so they would go and play the best team in the league as edge and then play the worst team as Banff and nothing in between so you can't build <laughs> system, right? like, absolutely terrible that yeah. is that's got to be tough i i think we mentioned this before but i i always found it so crazy that Banff hockey academy played against heritage league teams heritage league is a junior b league in southern alberta and it's just what like kids like midget hockey age kids wearing cages are now playing against heritage league teams and i just like don't understand why well, it was, how it was i'll explain that a bit they did that up until the year before i was there so that would have been 2017 was their last year in the hj and they were good they were above 500 in the hj um and then they would just switch over the cages. They had some guys, I believe, that were aged out of midget that would only play the junior games. But then, yeah, the regular team would just play the season in the HJ. They'd have, what, a 60-game season. Um, and they did really good. Like, that's, that's kind of what they would that's focus crazy. on because there was so much skill in the CSSHL. They couldn't compete in that. So they would just focus on the HJ games and actually do pretty good. So Man, that's- Yeah, that was, that was my last year. They were still doing that when I was there. And oh my, they would like, <laughs> they'd have like guys that couldn't play. Like they were too old to play in like the CSSHL. So they would just like, they'd play a game. And then like the next day you just like hop right into another game and just be playing junior. So like you'd have like half the team pretty much going. They said it was hilarious. Like yeah. that's, that's so weird. Like, and they'd switch over to cage, cage to visor every time. Yeah, cage to visor, you're good to go. Yeah. <laughs> There's no junior hockey teams in Banff. Or, uh, like, I don't understand why. I mean, that's their junior hockey team. Why don't they just have a separate team? If they could have fielded or iced a fucking junior B team, why wouldn't they have just done that? But I don't know. So many unanswered questions. Unanswered. That we'll never know because Banff is dissolved. They are fucking gone. They're now Saha and they are much more successful. But moving on, um, 
back to McVeigh a little bit. So after you played your legendary year in Sysic, you went straight to Verdon or what was, what was the career path? I could probably bring up your fucking elite prospects like I do with every other guest, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I went, I went, I went straight to Verdon. Um, kind of like ended up, up there kind of out of the blue. Um, yeah. Didn't really see that one coming, but uh, no, I, I ended up, the reason I actually ended up playing there, um, I was supposed to go to LaRange's camp that weekend. And I had a buddy that, or like a family friend that lived in Manitoba and he played for Verdon. And I just remember like, he's a little bit older than me. Like he's probably five years older than me. And I just remember like him talking about how sweet it was. And I was like, I don't, I didn't really want to go to LaRange. Like it was just going to be a grind to get there from Calgary. And I was just like, well, I'll just shoot him an email and see what happens. So like, I just shot off an email, heard back from the coach saying, sorry, we're full. Thank you for your interest. Um, if anything happens, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, thank you. And then it was Thursday camp started Friday and he gave me a call and one of their goalies got hurt and wasn't showing up. So he's like, Hey, like we have an empty spot if you, if you want to go. So I got there, uh, Friday morning skated like right away pretty much. And then, yeah, by Saturday I was, I was protected and I signed by the end of the weekend. So it was wow. kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, it, was, it was pretty crazy little week for me but no it was fun what's that drive like 10 hours 11 yeah it's exactly it's pretty much 10 hours right on the nose so it's pretty easy to get right on the number one and go straight for 10 hours yeah oh probably <laughs> you could probably do it in six and a half in your fucking raptor dude i i this guy pulls up i so riley how we know riley is he used to work at pro skate um with actually you never worked with fabs you just worked with me for like a month in my uh, transfer over period. And then you left for, for Verdon, um, or Stevenson. I don't remember where you're going at the time, but either way. And, uh, I meet the kid and he pulls up in this beautiful Raptor and I'm just like, Oh my God, I'm so jealous. I, that is my dream truck. So must, I mean, you kind of need with the amount of driving you're probably doing between Calgary and Verdon. It might not have been a bad, uh, bad idea to have a sweet little ride like that, especially in the snow in Manitoba. Yeah, I got through the snow pretty well, so I can't, I can't really complain at all. But do you have it down there with you? Yeah, I have it down in Wisconsin. Here with yeah, yeah, yeah I, I drove down. It's not a bad drive. It's about. I just go. Uh, I met my girlfriend when I was in juniors, so mm. she lives in Verdon. So like, I just split up the drive. I go ten hours to Verdon, stay like a five days there, whatever, and then it's only ten hours from there. So it's not that bad of a drive. But not too bad at all. Dude, the best thing about a truck in Verdon is you could fit the entire population in the bed. You could drive the entire <laughs> town. Around. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty small town. Like there's there's only it's pretty crazy because there's like only three thousand people there that live there. And like in, in my last game that I played there, like we had twenty four hundred people. Just the whole game. town. Everybody yeah, who can physically like we were, make it to the game is there. Like if it was just a regular season game on like a Wednesday night or whatever, it'd be like twelve hundred. That's sick. Jesus, that's insane. Yeah. So on the topic of Verdon, I always I'm always curious to hear about people's rookie party experiences. Um in when you were in Verdon, was there anything crazy? It was a pretty standard, pretty standard rookie party. I didn't have a rookie party in Verdon, actually. No uh, way. Some bullshit veteran leadership there. Holy. <laughs> uh I don't like I don't remember having, I don't think we had one. Uh, right, you asked me this question. I was like trying to think on it and um like we had some good times don't get me wrong like we had some great parties there and everything and a lot of fun but we never had like just like a strictly like rookie party 
Wow. That's interesting. I'm, I never had one either, actually, but I mean, I play Calgary Junior B, so it's not like the same thing, but um, so in Verdon, then what, what was the spot? What was a regular uh, Friday night? You just beat the LaRange Ice Wolves. Differently two to nothing. I don't even know. Is that even the team name? Yeah, you different just, league, but yeah, it's a team name. Wait, what? Is that SJ? Oh my god! Yeah, in the I don't know. I honestly couldn't name a single other man. <laughs> there, I could. You just waxed. You just waxed uh, team Germany U twenty national team sixteen <laughs> two. <laughs> going out to the yeah, I wasn't good. What's uh, the spot? Yeah, what's the spot in Verdun? Is there a bar? Is there somebody's basement? Someone's billet house? Um, so like in the town, there's not much there. Like you got your classic Tim Hortons, A and W, Subway attached to the gas station. And then the new addition to the town when I got there, it was like brand new Boston pizza. Wow. So we go to Boston pizza for, spot. for a couple of drinks. Oh man, Boston pizza after a game, forget about it. It's yeah. juice in there. It is absolutely <laughs> pumping. Like that is the spot to be in town. And then there was like two kind of like local bars. Um, we didn't go there very often though. Um, we were like, we were only pretty much allowed to go there at Christmas. Cause I guess like in their first year, all the guys in town like had an issue with the hockey players because we showed up and we just I guess they just like I don't know I guess there was like some girl issue whatever guys oh, take, boy. Like, guys girls and stuff and uh yeah so this they had some issues in their first year so we weren't allowed to go to like the bars there's like two bars and they're one street of downtown right beside the one light in the town and uh <laughs> red and, light district but it was it was uh it was Boston pizza Boston pizza was the spot for sure yeah. Honestly, BPs is like, I, I, it's so lame, but I think they have pretty cheap drinks, don't they? It's a pretty good, like a good place to go, especially to like pregame. If you're going out, they got like the fishbowl thing now with the pink Whitney's. Oh, hundred percent. Like we would go there and like, there's like the bar side and the restaurant side and the bar side would be like absolutely packed, like forget about getting into it. But the other side would generally be kind of empty. So we just like, it was, it was just like, obviously just like a square room with like booths all the way around and we just connect all the tables in the middle so we just have like nine tables lined up right down there and it would just be all the boys and stuff and yeah it was fun it was not too bad quick hypothetical here let's let's go back a second fabs if you were born in germany you strapped on the pads you sat in that net yesterday and just barely moved do you want you think the under or the over on 16 goals because that was fucking. Brutal. If you like, if you like, like Goldberg it, or like you tie the arms and the ankles to the posts, <laughs> just be a shooter. Dude, dude. You're at least stop. You're at least stopping more than that guy did. Like, I, I don't want to judge. It. I don't want to judge. I don't want to discriminate. But good lord, Germany needs a goalie. Holy. Well, oh, their well, their so, starters down with COVID, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. Look at like Team Canada's goalie depth. You got Garand, Gauthier, and. Uh, Levi, and they're not even. I mean, all the analysts are saying they're not, they're not even considered the best in the tournament. Look at the USA; they got Dustin Wolf and Spencer Knight. I mean, I know Germany. Russia. Germany has eighty million. Yeah, look at Russia. Well, they just have one guy; they don't even need the other guy. Um, yeah. How does Germany have that? Maybe it was an off night. Maybe they're all hungover, but you can't even drink because he was he was good in that Finland game. He had a nine hundred save percentage. He was good. Like he played okay. I don't know. Shifted yeah. into pucks pretty well. But, like, he just had so many holes against Canada. Like, that one, I think it was the third goal. I forget who it was, but just walked down the wall and shot it near side, beat him five-hole. Like, yeah. I mean, I do want to – I've been in that situation before a little bit where your team doesn't allow very many shots against, but the shots they allow are crazy quality. But they weren't even all that good. Like, I, again, we don't want to dog on a goalie, but 
I don't know, man, watching that game. I saw even when, and when their next guy came in, I was like, Oh, this is the guy with the custom printed CCM pads might not be bad. That dude looked like he didn't even want to be out there after the first goal. No, he was it, moving in slow motion. He's got fucking know. lead in his boots. It was terrible. I, I'd say of those 16 Germany. of those 16, they probably should have had eight or nine, like should yeah, have had say, like, it should have been one, nothing Germany after the first period. Yeah. Like those, those three goals, I guess four, the one yeah. that went in there where time was oh, expiring. Yeah. Krebs. A little yeah. weird, but anyway, those, but the first three at least that should yeah. not even be in yeah. discussion about going in, but. Dude, I was so impressed by Dylan Levi or uh, De- Devin Levi, though. That guy yeah. is sick, man. Came out of junior A. He has one year of junior A. CCHL. Played in the CC. I think we ranked him fourth in Canada. Um, played on a pretty unreal team and then did well at the Canadian World Junior A Challenge. But, like, that guy is legit, man. That guy is legit. His save on, uh, crap, what's the, what's the German guy? The third Tim Stutzel. Tim Stutzel, that <laughs> save on him, the two-on-one. <laughs> That's, That's like his message. first shot of the game. Has never had like a world junior appearance before that in a real game. Fuck, he's sick. Hey, we're uh, we're I team Goche here on this podcast, though, so I can't really pump Devin Levi's tires too hard. I um, think we're team honestly, Canada on this podcast, man. I just I, want the I fuck to team win. Canada. I'm team Goche. I want I want Canada to win, but I want Goche to get some games and just at least get a shot to prove himself a little bit. So the interview we recorded today was recorded on the 23rd, I think. So, I mean, it's a little bit dated, but obviously the first two games were started both by Devin Levi. Garand got to play in the last uh, period of the Germany game. I guess they just chucked him in there. But I really, I really hope that in the next coming games, we get to see Goche at least, at least get his shot, right? Because that's all he's wanted. He just wants a shot to go out there. He's kind of the underdog story, as every analyst has been saying. Didn't get drafted for two years. And, you know, I, I just want to see him play. So... I'm thinking he might get a shot, whether it's a full game or a half game, whatever they did with Garand yesterday. I think they might, he might get a shot this afternoon against Slovakia. It's not if like that's what they're, if that's like what they're trying to do, either, they were trying you know? to, yeah, they were trying to groom Garand by putting it. Levi wasn't bad. He still got pulled. Garand played the third period, saw four shots. If they're trying to do the same thing and get goats in there, I think, I think today's the day to do it. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that hundred percent. Like you yeah. may as well just get him. Like if you're up by like, you're not like worried about losing say they're up by like three or four goals. Like it doesn't hurt you. No, totally. Yeah, like, but even then, like he's not the, he wasn't slotted as a third goal. It's not like they're putting in uh, Germany's third goalie where they know it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Gauthier was, it, as everyone was saying, it was a pretty even playing field throughout all of camp. So I think they can put in any guy and be successful. I mean, fuck, look at the numbers that Goats put up. We mentioned this in, in the interview, but look at the numbers Goats put up playing on one of the worst teams in the dub. Like it's not, like he is an incompetent goalie by any stretch of the imagination. And honestly, I, I think I was a little bit biased, but I expected him to start um, at least in the exhibition, maybe one of these games. So hopefully today, you know, uh, he left me on red yesterday on snap. So I'm going to leave him alone for a bit. I think he's a little bit, uh, he's a little bit, a little bit upset. Uh, I'm just going to let him do his thing. Um, well, let's segue a little bit more back to uh, kind of McVay's university story. Cause I want to talk about Stevenson a little bit. Cause that, I feel like I only got the tip of the iceberg. Um, after that, so out of Verdon, you had a couple schools you were considering and you decided to go Stevenson, right? Stevenson University. Kind of tell me uh, what that season was like, the recruitment, and then, you know, your decision to leave there. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they talked to me my first year of junior, so they kind of kept in touch for a while. Um, at the time, I just thought it was kind of the right, uh, the right school for me. The school's beautiful. Like it's, it's a really, really nice school, small school. 
Um, I just, I just thought it was the right school. I went and visited, really enjoyed it, liked everything, met the guys, liked them. Um, and then, yeah, I just pretty much like when I got there, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed my year. It was a great experience. Like I just, I, uh, I had the opportunity to play every game, which was, which was awesome that I wasn't hurt for. And, um, yeah, it was a really good experience. Just, uh, just wasn't the right fit. <laughs> um, I just kind of wanted to move kind of more out West. Um, after especially playing, like we went and played St. Norbert, um, that's here in Wisconsin and they absolutely slapped us around. Um, so <laughs> I, I was, I kind of wanted to come like back out here and I knew that like, it was like a really good area. And like, I knew it was going to be like, for me, like, um, it was going to be like a challenge to like, you know, find a team and come back out here. And like the hockey's pretty good. Like, don't get me wrong. Like yeah. almost our whole, our whole team came from like, we have three or four guys that played in the USHL for their whole junior career. And then we have some Nall and BC and then pretty much just me. So, um, like it's, it's good hockey. And I just, I knew that I, I wanted to kind of head out this way and kind of Eau Claire kind of just fell into my lap. So, so you decided now you're in Wisconsin. What's it like living there? Are you, are you in dorms there or, or is that? No, no. Or? Yeah. I went, um, I, I moved in, uh, straight away into like a apartment complex. It's nice. Okay. It's, I love living in Wisconsin though. Like it's really, it's really nice. Like it's, I mean, it's what you expect Wisconsin to be. Like I have no expectations. For I have no <laughs> preconceptions about what Wisconsin is at all. Like things like they have an NFL team, the Packers, correct? <laughs> that is the extent of my knowledge on Wisconsin. It's pretty like, I don't know. It's like Saskatchewan and Alberta. Just without the okay. mountain, lots of trees, hills, uh, lots of farmland. So I'm, on, like I'm on like the west There's side. No trees or hills. <laughs> that is true. That one is true. <laughs> good, one, good one, Jay. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's it, it's it's a good place to live. Everybody's super nice, super friendly here. Um, like we're only an hour and a half from Minneapolis. So like I'm only 45 minutes over the border from Minnesota. Hmm. Oh, so okay. like it's a pretty good spot. Like like last year, like I went to like three or four Vikings games and head in for a wow. couple wild games and stuff. So it's kind of fun like that way. Like I'm on the complete opposite side from like Milwaukee and Green Bay. So that's about three and a half hours. Um, right. But you know, it's, it's not a bad spot. Like Eau Claire, there's 80,000 people here and it's, it's like kind of like split up like parts of the town. So like the college part, like we have 12,000 students and it's pretty much just like one part of the, uh, of the city. So it's pretty sweet here. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Is the, Oh, go ahead, Fabs. Did the Raiders ever get up to play the Vikings? I don't know. I don't. Uh, they went. They went last year, and I went. Did you go see it? Yeah. Yeah, I went. Go. And didn't go too good. <laughs> what's the uh, What's the hockey hockey culture fan base like? Where you are? Like, do you guys it's, get a good amount of fans to games? Or yeah, we it's we're we're pretty we're pretty lucky at the school. We we get a pretty decent amount of fans. Like I'd say, we're in around fifteen hundred every night. Wow, uh, pretty much fills up our barn almost completely. Uh, yeah, it's something that's like a lot of people, like we have a lot of people in town that just like, it's like the highest level of hockey here. Right. So yeah. they come and watch that or, mm -hmm. and then also for the students, like something fun, like they all kind of get together. Like we have, I would say that out of like, if we have 1500 people, I'd say a thousand are students. So it's a pretty fun oh, game. Like there's that sounds pretty rowdy man. in there and yeah, no, it, it's a lot of fun and we get a lot of like support from the community and whatnot. So, um, it's a pretty, it's, it's like as close as you can get to playing juniors in a small town. Pretty much like when I was at Stevenson, like football was the big thing there being in Maryland and stuff. So like our football team would get like 3000 fans a game and like, but like they didn't even, like most people didn't even know we had a hockey team. Yeah. So I kind of went from like 
a place that like wasn't like too popular with hockey to big man on campus. <laughs> and honestly, what else can you ask for? Like, I, I don't know. I think you obviously want to have a good winning team, a good program. You want to have a decent school, but at the end of the day, like how much more fun is it playing again in, in front of fans that actually give a fuck about, Oh, I should probably stop trying to swear as much, but fans that actually care about, uh, about the game and about the team, like especially students. And, and it's like an actual party. Like, you just you're fired up to play way more for sure. I mean, I've only ever uh, the most fans I've ever played in front of was like 300. My junior B classic last year, sick game, lost anyways. Not a big, uh, well, kind of a big loss. It, it hurt me a lot, but it was a lot of fun to play in front of that many people, and they actually cared about the game. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like in, in Verdi. You said you got 2,400 of 3,000. That sounds like a pretty diehard fan base there, and and in Wisconsin, you know, you got the only hockey team in town. So. Yeah, it's it's fun, and then you just like kind of like after the game, you just go meet up with kind of everybody that like, can go out, and it's it's a, like our school's like known as like a big party school in Wisconsin. Right. Um, we have this like street which I live right right on. It's called Water Street, and like the school's at the very end, and then it's just a full strip, and it's just bars. Drinking just anything but water just a, on that street. It's a whole <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so it's, it's just ironic. like. I, like you just get this whole strip. It's probably four blocks of just bars and whatever you can name. And it's, it's a fun time. Cause you just kind of just like go like hopping, 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 and then just head home. And like, you just walk everywhere. Like it's just a college part of town. So it's, it's fun. Like like we have guys from like, we have guys from like other teams, like uh, stout is close by like a team in our division. And like, we'll go out and like, we'll see guys. From, it's only like half an hour down the road like we'll see guys like from stout out and stuff like that and like every now and then like especially with everything going on right now and us not playing like a couple weekends ago like some of the guys on like steven's point came to eau claire to party and stuff so it's like you get guys like they come in from from all over to, to have a good time yeah. so it's pretty fun you can't you have an can't absolute rumble yeah. absolute <laughs> rumble between uh between uh wisconsin and stout you like walk into the bar it's old <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's the kind of atmosphere I think is missing for this world juniors, man. Like in, in Canada, it's always just such a blast. Like everyone gets so into it and the yeah. like guys come from all over the world to have such a good time. And especially in Canada when people actually care, but yeah, not this year. Not Dude, this I year, swear honestly. I would watch I world juniors is the best hockey to watch. There's so much passion, yep. so much speed, like Olympics, it's all strategy because these guys have been playing the game their whole life. This is just skill, speed, athleticism. Like, it's just so fun to watch. It's the best. And a lot of uncertainty, right? Be like, pretty much any team at any point can, I mean, except Germany, apparently. Any team can kind of pull, pull away with a win. Like, there's a lot of upsets. And how about the fact that Sweden hasn't lost a regulation game in 53 straight? 50, 53, 53 straight. That's just round insane. robin games. Hasn't lost. Insane, yeah, man. That's because they always finish uh, so mediocre, so they're right in the middle of the pack, so they never play like Russia or Canada in the first yep. round. Yeah, there we go. We're running out of time here on my uh, non-Zoom premium, so uh, I think we're gonna try and send it away right now to uh, Taylor Gauthier in the Edmonton bubble. Our next guest breaks the three-month drought here on the Backups Podcast and is one that will uh, surely not disappoint. I'm the only one here today with an actual functioning microphone, but we know you didn't come here for great sounding audio. This isn't uh, ASMR. You're here for the man himself, Team Canada's world junior goalie and friend of the show, Taylor Gauthier, live from the Edmonton bubble. Goats, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Uh, I'm happy I got the invite back. Yeah, it was uh, it was a close one. Um, we weren't sure, you know, we were going to go Spencer Knight maybe or 
<laughs> one of the different luck, goalie out luck. there, but yeah, no, he, uh, no, we're good buddies. He'll, he'll, he'll get back to me. It's only for like 10 on red DMS. Fine. <laughs> I, could, um, I could throw, I could throw, uh, throw your guys' name around if you want to try and get them on, but. Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Get Dustin Wolf though. Fuck Spencer Knight. I want to talk to Dustin Wolf. <laughs> what's uh you're in you're in the hotel right now in the Edmonton bubble, like I mentioned. What's the room situation there? You got a roommate? No. Um so originally whenever we were in Red Deer for camp, we had uh you know, we had a roommate and then we had that COVID happen, um, you know, which locked us down for two weeks. So they put us in our own rooms there. And then for the remaining time we were in, we were in red deer. Um, we, had, we were in our own rooms and then, um, we got here and we had to do like a, I think it was like a four or five day isolation period again. Um, Holy. once we got to Edmonton and then we found out like a couple of days in that we'd just be keeping our rooms. So everyone's in their own room right now. So it's pretty nice. Um, you, know, you just kind of do whatever you want and, you don't have to worry yeah. about the other guy in the room. Yeah. Lots of room to crank one out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was going to say, like you mentioned about having two people in a room with COVID, like that's gotten a lot of people. Well, at least we've heard in the media, like someone will get COVID and then their roommate has to get snipped. Like, I don't know what happened. Did that happen in Canada with uh, your team? Yeah. I'm not too sure like what happened, but um, yeah. we had a couple, couple guys that end up, getting it or false positive or something. I don't really know the whole story. They didn't, uh, sure. they didn't tell us much about it, but no. uh, yeah, it was unfortunate that, you know, those guys had to be sent home. You know, yeah. Not based on, you know, their, their tournament or their tryouts or anything, which, uh, you know, if you want to get, if you get sent home, you want it to because to be hockey related and that's kind of sucks for them that it wasn't because of that. Yeah. I feel for those guys. Like I can't imagine you get all the way, you get the invite, you train all summer or do the, the classic Taylor Goche training, but uh, you train somewhat uh, all summer to get there. And then just because of, uh, you know, like you said, there's a lot of false positives with some of those rapid testing or, or you do actually have it. And suddenly you're back at home, like me and Jay, which would not be fun, but yeah. is what it is, I guess. Yeah, it, it definitely sucks, but that's kind of the reality we're facing right now with everything yeah. that's been going on. Yeah. It's kind of, since we've been, since we've been in the bubble, everything's kind of just gone to shit. So I'm, I'm kind of happy that, that I'm in here right now. It's kind of, you're living in your own world almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, goats in general, what's it like being in the bubble? Does it get like frustrating being in such a strict regime? You can't see anyone outside. Um, are you guys allowed to skate, eat and sit in your rooms? And that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, you know, the first we've been here for, I think it's been a week now. So, uh, I think we got out on Friday. So we skated, it was either Thursday or Friday. We got out. So we've had a couple practices now here and, um, you know, we, we have a player lounge here that, uh, I think is getting opened up to us here shortly. So it's, uh, it's going to be nice once kind of everything gets, everyone gets settled in all the other teams are here and, uh, you know, all the, all the COVID is hundred percent out of the, out of the bubble. Um, so we're just kind of keeping everything a little tighter than, than what it, what it usually is just to, to make sure that if there are cases or anything that they get, uh, they get picked out pretty quickly and we don't have it, you know, ruining the whole tournament. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we saw yeah, with the NHL, Germany and Germany and Switzerland just got new cases last couple of days. 
So it's yeah. just to show just how much transmission there is. Like you can't really have one guy on a team get it and have nobody else test. Yeah, exactly. It, so. it was a shock to us. Um, you know, we've been taking so many precautions and, you know, we, we have kind of expected that other teams would be doing the same. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that that, that that happened to the other teams here. Um, but it's, you know, what we're dealing with and yep. hopefully, uh, everything gets ironed out here pretty quickly. So the tournament, at least it's in Edmonton where, you know, we've seen the NHL in the bubble there, they managed to keep it at least as far as the public knew and, and everyone else, no COVID at all, like no cases for that whole, that whole time with, with the guys being able to like, there's approved golf courses and stuff. Obviously you're not doing that right now, but you know, at least it's, it's proven for sure. Um, moving on. Just, you- just real quick here. I wanted to fall back a bit. My question is for these German guys. So they had eight positive cases, though it was eight players and whoever they've had direct contact with. I'm not sure how many guys they're sent back to Germany because their tournaments in less than two weeks. So they're, they're done. Like they can't play. So is Germany carrying, or bringing over other players to fill their spots, or are they going to be playing with like a 16 man roster? Cause that, I, that, that would really sure affect know, the outcome of the tournament. But yeah. It's just a rhetorical. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know what they're doing with, with that stuff. Um, you know, it sucks for them, but you know, it's just kind of what's going on now. And I don't know. It, it's definitely like, it's weird to, uh, it, it sucks for those guys too. Cause you know, they fly, Eight, eight hours to or more than eight hours it's like 12 i think to here and you know just to get here and then test positive it it sucks but you know that's kind of the risks that you're taking coming here i guess yeah um bit of a lighter note there's one burning question i've had in my mind uh as you've told us before your your pregame ritual the night before every game you know, take a seat, crush a few uh, dizzy pops, you know, just to carb load, carb load up. Is that even possible there? Can you just walk up to the team nutritionist and ask them for 24 bud lattes to get you through the tournament? Um, I think I'm going to have to gas that for a little bit. Yeah. Um, do some mental imagery that I'm having a couple, but I think that's the closest I can get to it. Um, they're Water pretty- into wine like Jesus, hey? Yeah. <laughs> gonna have to try that one out start reading the bible a little more <laughs> i'm pretty familiar with it but i'm gonna have to maybe start yeah. pulling out every night <laughs> yeah i thought that was because you can't like i mean yeah it's a bubble so obviously you're not just gonna like walk to a liquor store walk to you know a grocery store whatever you need you have to go through somebody else to get it so regardless of obviously getting beers or whatever it's anything you want or need it's you got to ask somebody else for it yeah i actually got uh I got a bunch of my Christmas presents today from my parents. So nice. Got some snacks and some candy. So that was like probably the highlight of my <laughs> highlight of being here so far. Yeah. They couldn't manage know. to sneak in some beers for you though. No, no, they didn't do that. We'll They're get, good. we'll get right on that. I got a guy in Edmonton. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get good. it to you. Perfect. Yeah. Right, anyway, so go to a video that put a smile on all our faces. When you found out you made the team, Team Canada did a thing where they had your parents actually inform you, um, and you looked really relieved, really happy when it happened. What was going through your head at that point? Yeah, I thought I was getting gassed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember the last, like the last camp for the Holinka. It was if you got a knock on your, or if you got a call down, it meant you were going home. 
So um, we were we were making our first cuts those days. So I didn't know what was going on or anything. Um, and then first thing, you know, I hear the door, someone banging on the door. So I open it in my underwear, and it's our security liaison. He's like, "Yeah, coaches want to talk to you downstairs." So there's me and my sweaty, sweaty <laughs> head, all that jazz in my underwear mullet flowing behind you no glasses like just look like i got hit by a train so i stumble around trying to find clothes to put on and cruise down the stairs yeah then i kind of walked into the room that um you know all the coaches were in and then i saw i saw my parents on the on the big projector screen. So I kind of had an idea that I wasn't going to get cut if they were there. Can you imagine, can you imagine they bring you in, you got your parent, you got your dad, your sister, your mom. And they're like, sorry, Taylor, we've, you, uh, we're sending you home. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty relieved whenever I saw them. Um, but even then, like, I didn't really know. I didn't know if it meant that I would just made the first cut or anything. Yeah because we had cuts the following day too, to get down to the final team. So I wasn't a hundred percent sure what was going on. Um, it probably would have probably would have made it a little easier to kind of comprehend if I was awake for longer than five minutes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was definitely, it was pretty special to, to have share that moment with my family and um, you know, just seeing how happy they were and um you know, even though it's through a screen, it's the best we can do right now. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely, it was definitely pretty special. And, uh, you know, something that, that I'm, I'm very happy that that team Canada did for us. Yeah. That was yeah, a nice touch. Sure, man. So early on uh, team Canada's whole program was shut down into a two week COVID protocol. Um, so how did this news get relayed to you and what was the reaction initially among the players when that happened? Yeah, we just had, we had a zoom call and, um, they told us that we were going down into to lockdown. Um, they kind of went over like procedures and stuff. You know, we've been working really close with Alberta Health, um, and they kind of went over, um, you know, if we needed to to stay in or like what was classified as close contacts, and you know, every single one of us were considered close contacts um, because yeah. we played against the guys. So we had to just lock it down right from there. Um, it was it was definitely really shocking, but yeah. you know it was something that we all kind of accepted pretty pretty quickly. Like there's nothing you could do to change it. You couldn't say, "Oh, I wasn't a close contact." I, you know all that shit. Like you couldn't really argue it. No, no we just finished playing two inter squad games against the guys. So yeah, um, yeah. So then just went into. You know, quarantine for a couple of weeks. Um, you know, road. We got stationary bikes, so got on the bike every day, pretty much, and um, just kind of tried to stay in shape the best I could. Try not to sleep too much, and kind of stay on somewhat of a schedule. Yeah, the team trainer. The team. Mind, not, go ahead, Neil. Sorry. Yeah, the the team trainers like video calling you to make sure you're doing it. Coach just plays a relay of ten seconds of him on the bike, and he's just ripping shell twenty one in the background. I was actually going hard. I was doing like twenty k. I bet. I love how I'm chirping you for like 
not you're not out of shape at in the slightest. But well, what I was going to say in red in Red Deer, you you had a roommate there, right? So you had a roommate for the lockdown. Yeah. Who was it? Um, for like the first day. Oh, and then as nice soon as soon as we kind of um, had the confirmation that there was a case, then they split everyone up. I see. Jesus, yeah. that must have been boring, man. Holy. Yeah, I still don't really even know what like what day it is or anything. Ever yeah. since like ever since we went into the the quarantine there, it just like you're pretty much just counting days how long you've been in the camp and stuff. Is that just yeah. room service dropped outside your room? That's the closest thing do you have to human contact for that 14 days? Yeah. Um you no, know, there was a couple staff members that weren't in contact with players. So they weren't in quarantine. So they would um, get the food from downstairs and they'd bring it up and they'd set it in front of your door. And then once all the, all the, everything was set up and on all the players uh, kind of doorsteps, I guess um, they do a quick knock on everyone and uh, then you go get your food and then go back in. So the only really like face-to-face interaction was, 10 or 15 seconds when you'd see the guy across the hall from you. Jeez. And that was like the best part of your day. <laughs> yeah. Um, with, with the lockdown, like two weeks of not playing hockey, obviously you said you guys are on stationary bikes and you had like sport checks and you weightlifting shit or something like that. I saw everyone posting about that, but yeah. obviously you weren't on the ice for two weeks. How, how do you think that affected the team in the long run? Uh, and, or, or did it not? Like for, for in terms of like, you know, building chemistry and play and all that stuff. You know, I think we're, we're pretty lucky. Um, you know, a lot, the majority of us have played together, um, yeah. at one point or another in the past. So I think all of us have built a pretty good, uh, relationship and the chemistry's pretty good between everyone. So I don't think it really ruined it too much. I actually think I got closer to some of the guys, you know, playing, we played COD for, like four or five hours a day and Jesus. it's still like um we're still doing it so and then once you get to the r- the rink it's just another thing you can like bullshit about with the guys and yeah um i just found the the hardest part about that whole thing was trying to get readjusted to the speed you're going from no hockey for two weeks to playing with the best junior in the country right then soon to be the best junior players in the world. So it's kind of adds a little bit of not necessarily anxiety, but you're definitely, um, you know, feeling the pressure to get back up to speed quickly. hundred percent, man. So like, well, we can gas that next question, gay, because you answered it. You Jay, um, you just say? <laughs> I called you gay, whatever, <laughs> you whatever, are, man. You guys are pretty rusty on the old interviews. Maybe you should start pumping them out more. Oh my God. Well, man, Fabs isn't even here because he's in Canmore. He's studying and driving. I don't even know what he's doing. Well, Fabs is like full-time work and full-time university. I'm doing nothing, but me too. Busy. <laughs> but still open or what? Pro Skate is still open somehow. We are going like fucking two people in the store at a time. No customers though. No one's playing hockey. Like yeah, it's, I'm like 60 percent of your customers over the last two weeks, and I've been there three times. Right? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, but you know, next question was about COD, but you kind of already covered that a bit. You want to ask? Yeah, what, yeah. I want we, we skip that. What's up, Gold? Is the question is, am I good at COD? My question was, do you have diamond on all your SMGs, no. or what? No. What's the deal? 
No, I'm not very good. Oh no. Like, I'm like a I'm like a one KD guy. <laughs> the guys I'm playing with are nasty. Really? Who's the best? Who's the best on the team? Um uh Cousins is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Cousins is good. Um Suzuki and Spencer all like the elite three. Yeah. Are you the worst? No. There's uh Jack Quinn is terrible. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> awful. That doesn't surprise me that you said Cousins is the best. I uh, played with a guy who's from Whitehorse and grew up with Cousins, and that, like, from the stories he's told me about that, that does not surprise me one bit. Everything that guy definitely does, puts the work in. Everything he does is good. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't, not I don't bad at anything. Something that every single writer and analyst doesn't fail to mention or, or let you forget when speaking about you is that you're passed over again in the draft this year. Um, you know, everyone's talking about the underdog story of Taylor Gauthier. Did you see the World Juniors as the next opportunity for you to once again prove the naysayers wrong? Or was that even in your head at that point uh, in, in this last draft? You know, I think it's always, I think it's kind of one of the last opportunities for me to really get my name out there. Um, you know, I'm starting to get old. It's kind of, the the time start kind of ticking away for me um, yeah. in junior so I think this is kind of one of the big, the big last chances for me to, to really get my name out there and, um, you know, showcase what I can do. You know, the last couple yeah. of years have been, obviously have been tough for mes- myself. Um, you know, I, especially this past season, I thought I had done enough to, you know, get my name called uh, at the draft. But, you know, we all know how that went. And, um, but, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, everyone's talking about how I'm the only undrafted guy and all that other stuff. But, you know, I'm still here. I'm at the Fucking world. Right. I can't be that shitty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like there's, there's obviously a reason why I'm here. So now it's just time to, um, you know, actually show why I'm here and, and prove to other people that, you know, there's there's been a couple mistakes made from, from a certain people uh over the past couple of years yeah absolutely man I'm wrong. i I'm, i couldn't have uh if i were you said it better myself i mean not to pump your tires too much but you're kind of carrying the weight of the prince george cougars on your shoulders and and if uh the nhl people in the nhl uh war rooms couldn't see that that's their loss and you know this is your big opportunity how how's the the pressure with that like obviously you're you don't seem like the kind of guy who uh cracks under pressure but what uh, are you nervous at all for these first games? What's going through your head? I think mostly, you know, I think the, the only thing I'm really nervous about is just getting back into like actual games, um, you know, since it's been so long, but you know, I, there's no doubt in my mind that I'm good enough to be here or, you know, that I, that I can perform at this level. Um, you know, I've played, I've played international at every, at every age so far. And I've, I've done pretty well at, at every tournament I've been to. So, um, you know, I, there, there's not much nerves on that end of it. It's just the, the, the first game might be a little, uh, little extra, little extra nervous, um, just because of the circumstances we've been under the last, uh, the last eight or nine months. Yeah. Right. Absolutely, man. I mean, well, you, the good thing is Jay, sorry, but the good news is, is you got some all-star training in with Pavel Barber this summer with uh, a couple other scrubs out there on the ice with you. 
Yeah, that was the turning point of my year. Yeah, I think so. I think so too. <laughs> the Instagram followers and yeah, name out there a little more. Yeah. Once you're associated with the backups, that's that's what got you propelled, right? Clearly. I was kind of talking about the other guy, but. Oh, sure. oh, yeah. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. I won't, I won't um, take that personally. Anyway, so uh, obviously Sweden's in this tournament. Um, again, are you excited or worried to go up against uh, Team Sweden's lethal goal scorer, lighten up Nolan Meyer at the Holinka Gretzky, Captain Raymond Holt of the 99th <laughs> Precinct? Yeah. Now, obviously, Sweden's got some high end talent. Um, it's just another player. Yeah. There's not too much to to add on there. He's a, he's a good player like any other guy. Um, he's just uh, another guy that I got to stop. Yeah. Well, for anyone, Alex, Alex Holt. Yeah. That was the joke, right? For anyone who's listening to this, our last interview with him, uh, go I, just to didn't, I didn't want to acknowledge the joke. Right. Yeah. For me. Got it. Got it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. Who was it? It's Alex Holt and then Raymond something else. I don't know. The Lucas other. Raymond and Alexander Holtz. Yeah, Alexander Holtz. So I just mashed them up together. <laughs> yeah. Captain Raymond Holt, 99th Precinct. Um, official predictions. Who's going to have the most points in the tournament this year? Who's the deadliest shooter uh, that you know of that you'll be competing against, whether it's on, you know, USA, Sweden, Finland, anyone, anybody? Um, there's uh, Lindell on Finland. Uh, he's... He's got some pretty good skill. Um, you know, obviously the U.S. has, you know, some top-end skill with with Caulfield and, and Zegers and and Boldy, um, and then Russia with Podkosin, Sweden with Holt and and Raymond. You know, every team is filled with with top-end guys. But um, honestly, I think I got to go with you know with Cousins or or Doc. You know, yeah. Those guys, both those guys, like Doc, played in the NHL last year, and Cousins could have easily played. Oh, he dominated, dominated our league last yeah. year. Those two guys can definitely step into the shoes that uh, Barrett Hayton and Rafaniere set last year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Those guys are our next level. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see how how we how we play um, and how the how the boys play in front. You know, the we got four lines that could easily be first line first lines and then three D pairings that could easily be first D pairings. It's, it's something pretty special. And, you know, like everyone's been saying, it's, it, this is a team that you don't get to see very often, you know, with, with this, this amount uh, of caliber and firepower. Right. Team Canada's got a real star studded roster, as we said, cousins, Byfield Holloway, and most notably Kirby doc. Um, what's it like been skating with those guys for the last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's uh Definitely letting in a couple more goals than usual. Um, you know, with twenty, with twenty of the twenty-two players being first-round picks, it's uh, it's definitely a little, little bit of a of a shock. Um, you know, I skated with good guys all summer, but you know, with with that caliber of talent and um, every single guy that's shooting on you has an NHL shot. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely, it's pretty cool, um, to get that kind of, um, you know, challenge. Cause I don't think, you know, there's going to be much more of a challenge when it comes to games. So you might as well just start firing right away. Um, better let in goals and practice than in games. Totally. 
Absolutely. That's, I mean, let's just not even gloss over that 20 of the 22 are first round draft picks. I mean, you, like you said, you never see, you never see a team like this and, and it's rare that, you know, that, that you'll see it again. So it's a lot of pressure on everyone involved. And obviously right now in the current climate, no one's watching hockey because there's nothing on TV. So this is kind of everybody's watching. And I, and I wonder how, I mean, like, like I asked you the, the pressure um, for yourself isn't as bad, but I wonder about some of these guys that, you know, they're expected to perform at super high levels, but you know, you've had two weeks of no hockey. You've had all these challenges to overcome. Um, I, I wonder how the output will be in the end. And if people will say, you know, this was one of the best team Canada teams of all time or what, uh, or, or otherwise. So yeah, dude, that's totally happened before that year uh, with Maxime Comtois when he, when he was the captain, I believe that was three years ago, the year before two years ago. Um, and that, that team was, again, was highly, highly touted was supposed to win gold and ended up, I think losing in the bronze medal game. If I'm, I yeah, know, I the bronze that they'd lost. No, they lost in the quarters. I think they lost to Finland in the quarters that year. Didn't even make the medal round. Yeah, so it happens. But yeah, it's definitely like you know, there's there's being on on Team Canada. There's always that expectation and um, from everyone that you know it's gold or bust. Um, you know, it seems like every year we're the outright favorites to win it. Um, well, you know, just, just as, you know, where Canada's producing more talent, the other, the other countries are, you know, catching up to us and it isn't, you know, that much of a, of a difference now. Um, but yeah, I think that, um, this team this year is, is going to be something special. Um, you know, from what I've seen, there's been no, there haven't been any lasting effects on, uh, on the guys from the the two weeks off or anything, I think we're ready to, you know, we're just ready to play games right now. We've been practicing for almost, I think it's been a month now. So since we've, uh, we've gotten to camp. So I think we're all just chomping at the bit to get going. Yeah. So taking a step back from the tournament here, um, we've had about eight months off um, and coming back into a team setting, you get to see who and who hasn't had access to a gym over that time. So on team Canada, who's got, Who's got the milk bog going and who's the most shredded? Um, <laughs> there are, there are zero milk bods on this team. Everyone's <laughs> dud. Yeah. Um, the guys that always stand out to me for the good bods are Braden Schneider. Um, Dylan Holloway's got a, he's good looking. Oh, yeah. belt. Sexy uh, man. And then Bo, Bo and Byram. He's got a good bot on him too. Yeah. We've, to we've got some, we've got some high end talent on the team on and off the ice. Yeah. Oh, always a stud man. That guy ran my show my rookie year. I don't think, I don't think I made a save on him all year. Where He's were you like, old? Let's not talk about that. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Everyone look up, go look up Jay Thompson, elite prospects right now, but don't look me up either. So I'll give you a good laugh. No, TikTok yeah. boys will be all over you. Oh. They already are, brother. <laughs> they already are. I'm not even. I'm not even phased by it anymore. People call people. Some kid duetted me with a screenshot of my elite prospects on a video of me making fun of myself already. And I'm like, dude, I know my save percentage is like. I actually think my save percentage is an eight seven nine over the last five years of junior B. So that's not bad. I got nothing to hide. Yeah, I just got mine over a nine hundred in the dub this year. Wow, did yeah. that come around the same time you got your KD over a one? Uh, nope, that was before. 
my oh. KD actually has been going down since I started playing with the guys here. I bet. Yeah, because you get in those based, lobbies. Skill-based matchmaking is just oh. great. Yeah, literally. I'm the yeah for sure. I play by myself. I'm going top of the top of the team, and with my buddies, I'm, I'm with, at that ball. Playing with phase guys on the other team. What? Well, it's basically what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like that caliber. They literally. Over the last month, uh, I'd say like a lot of these guys almost become your your interim family because you know you haven't seen your family in a while since before Red Deer, right? So, who would you say is uh, your you know your closest buddies on the team? Um, you know, I think Braden Schneider's probably um, one of the closest guys. Uh, we've this is our fourth Team Canada tournament together. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we played U seventeen together, then Halenka and then world championships and then this. So, you know, we've, we've built up quite a relationship uh, over the last, you know, three years, three or four years, however long it's been. So, you know, he's definitely up there. Um, you know, Bowen, uh, I've known him since I think Bantam. So me and him are pretty close, but you know, all the guys here are, are great. Um, you know, you don't get this far without, uh, you know, being a good guy along with being a good hockey player. I think uh, as you move up in the levels, you know, kind of all the bad apples kind of get, you know, weaned out eventually and all that's left is, you know, pretty good guys. So, yeah, I think over the last month, it's definitely, they've all become family. And, um, you know, I think we're all, we're all pretty close and it's, uh, it's something pretty special coming to these tournaments and, and getting the, the opportunity to, to do that with guys. For sure. All those bad apples getting weaned out and starting podcasts, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I got to send you, I got to send you pictures here that we got to talk about. Uh, that sounded, right. that sounded real sketch. No, it's not of you. It's uh, it's about <laughs> gear. It's about <laughs> oh, gear. All right. we'll yeah. yeah, yeah. The table. <laughs> got to send you some pictures. Um, so I'll ask it while you're looking at those. Um, not that you're a big gear guy, but the world juniors are traditionally in a huge spotlight for new gear. And this year's no exception. Um, obviously this is a very specific it's months amongst the goalie community. Um, we've put together a little album of, of goalies from around the tournament this year. Thanks to our pal goalie gear nerds supplying these besides yourself, who would you say has the best style this year? I don't even know who these say the country. Um, the this Russian CCMs, like they're all red ones. Those are pretty yeah. sweet. Did they get all reds this year? I didn't see that because yeah, they got all pretty red. much every tournament ever. They're just wearing all white CCMs, every Russian mm-hmm. goalie, right? So um and then obviously Knight, he's got he's always had good style. I'm yeah. kind of upset that he switched from Vaughn. I'm not. Um but he can still rock it. Yeah. He's good enough that he can wear Bauer, and I still respect it. Yeah, and then no, I think I think the three three of us, you know, Levi's got the 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 Eflex fives. Um, you know, Garan's got the the new True pads, and then me with the nice V nines. Yeah, I love Garan's the Trues. I saw that uh, my first first time I saw that was today. Unreal, like so simple, yeah. so classy. Like he didn't abuse that uh graphic because if it goes too complicated then it kind of it doesn't look quite as good but yeah i think you did a good job yeah. i don't know why yeah. i'm not that collage but all right i because the question said besides yourself goats come on I'm not sewering yeah 
but it's it's interesting that I think I don't know why Team Canada didn't get the printed CCM gear. I'm gonna assume it's because their roster was set later. Is that true? I, I think that might be a factor of yeah. it. I'm not 100 percent sure of you know yeah. the, the the reasons for it, but uh, that, that very well could be the reason. That could be because those are sick, and it's it's cool to see True. I'm surprised True only got one goalie in the tournament this year. I thought they would have uh, quite a few more, but it's uh, not a bad goalie to have. The hometown hometown kid too but you know your v9s and, and i was asking i wonder what are you looking at me like that for durant's Jack? from vancouver hometown i mean canada oh well home country I know he's not from come on whatever um sonk anyways gear talk isn't exactly uh ex- the the biggest thing for you like you said you'll pretty much just you wear whatever works yeah. Fun- yeah. function over form haven't changed haven't changed a thing on my pads in four years so that's crazy. I remember that when you're playing for playing for Buffs and you had some pretty I'd sick be, style I'd, for sure. I'd Pete's be, Pete's cheese that you didn't get uh, get him from Pro Skate. I'll tell you that. Maybe that's why he didn't let me talk to you when you came in. <laughs> he was goats comes in in the summer. I, I don't know if Pete's gonna listen to this. Goats comes in in the summer, and I'm like kind of floating between a customer and him, but the customer doesn't really need my help with anything. And me and goats are chatting, and Pete walks over. He's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm just talking to." goats right here and he's like you got a fucking customer back there i was like all right sorry man i ended up going in there for like two and a half hours yeah you were there forever because we had to have it was like 20 minutes of conversation because i was floating between our this kid trying to buy a chest protector just get a ccm buddy come on the junior ccms are where it's oh i can't move in those dude you gotta go vaughn yeah 100 percent vaughn it's funny as I I've chirped out so many gear brands in this podcast early on because I didn't realize who would be listening to them and dealing with the backlash of that is brutal. So I'm going to just stay pretty neutral on my opinions. However, I do have some pretty nasty ultrasonics. So that's all I'll say. <laughs> they looked okay on the pond last week, I guess. Yeah. I still let you know. They turn into newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Cool you're telling me that's funny that we both have inverse opinions about that because that's the consensus about vaughn at our store yeah so with the, rebound, the rebound controls once vaughn's get broken in they don't go like you can just corral them they can bounce off your- well that's that's the design of the bowers the design of the pad same with the axis is to kick a rebound as far and as fast yeah. as you can get yeah. it how would you want that though two on one pass off pad right on the guy's tape or you aim it off the boards and you get a two on one back the other way. I'll tell you one thing. When there's a two on one, I'm not aiming where my hat is going. <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, I can't. Maybe, maybe that's why he's playing for Team Canada and you're yeah. playing for Calgary Junior B. Yeah, that's exactly I, right. I might, I might just have to take the L on that one too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Goats, uh, what team are you most excited to play in the tournament this year? Um, you know, obviously, I think every year, um, you know, Canada, U.S. is. Um, you know, one of those special games that, that uh, it has so, so much history behind it. And, um, I think that's a, that's a big one. But uh, other than that, I think uh, definitely would have to be Sweden. Um, you know, losing, losing to them in, in the, in the under 18s was, was pretty heartbreaking. And um, there's quite a few guys on the team that, that were on the, on the team over there. So I think we're, uh, you know, we kind of got a special place for special place for them. Yeah, uh, for sure. Got all, it'll, it'll add a little bit of motivation to it. Uh, 
know, trying to, to revenge or avenge that loss. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I am absolutely fully torqued to watch Canada play USA this year. I mean, like I've said before, there's been no hockey. I'm not watching. I'm not playing it. So that's going to be a fun one to watch for sure. I hope yeah, we uh, hope we get to see goats between the pipes in that one. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about this real quick, though. Um, I was excited to watch Lafreniere this year and Jack Hughes, both eligible to play in the tournament, but both held back by their respective NHL teams to hold them at camp. When guys like Kirby Doc, an obviously returning NHL player, is actually allowed to play for his country. So this tournament, it's exciting. It's great. But how much better would it have been with Jack Hughes and the number one draft pick, Alexis Lafreniere, back playing for us, right? That yeah. Um, I think we were all kind of hoping that that laugh would come back. You know, he's a pretty uh, pretty special player, and, you know, he'd make make a pretty big impact on our team. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he's kind of – he's already played two World Juniors. Um, you know, he's done, he's done everything that you could possibly imagine at, at the tournament. And – you know, with the, the NHL now, I guess they, they're starting up now. So, yeah. um, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it's up to the, to the NHL teams to, you know, decide whether they, uh, they want to loan the, the players out or not. And, you know, New York made that, made that decision. And along with, uh, New Jersey, um, I think the, the big factor with Kirby coming back is, you know, he's never played in the tournament before. Um, why is that? He didn't get loaned out last year. Oh. And then uh, he didn't play at 17. So, um, Did he not play? I thought he had an unbelievable year for uh, uh, Saskatoon that year. Yeah. Did he got cut? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if he got cut or if he wasn't invited or, or what exactly. But, um, you know, now with, with the NHL not starting at the usual, at the usual time, it's, uh, it's kind of a good opportunity for him to, to come back and, you know, try and win a gold medal with us um, and win one for, for his country one last time. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we're recording this for the listeners on the 20th. Um, five days from now, obviously, is Christmas. Do you guys are not allowed with your families? Do you have anything planned as a team in the bubble for Christmas? Uh, I'm not too sure. They, uh, they don't really give us, you know, too much in advance here. Um, it's kind of just day by day. You know, just take it one day at a time. You know, especially in this environment, um, you know, plans can change pretty quickly. So uh, we're not looking too much into it. I'm sure they'll they'll try and set something up for us. So um, yeah. obviously, Christmas is a pretty special time um, for everyone, and you know, I think they'll they'll try and do something something nice for us. But you know, at the same time, you know, we play, we start our tournament on Boxing Day, so we can't uh, you know can't go too crazy with with whatever uh, they got in plan for us. No, no bud lattes in the rooms. Um, last, last question here. This has been going good. We got about 45 minutes in here. I know you got a team meeting in a bit, so we'll kind of wrap it up. Um, what would you say has been the toughest part of the whole experience for you? And, and inversely, what, what's been the highlight uh, for you coming out of all of this? Um, you know, being in the bubble and, and playing for team counter and everything. Um, yeah, I think there's been a lot of, you know, tough, uh, you know, tough moments for, uh, for everyone here. You know, it's definitely a big adjustment period, you know, going from being at home to, you know, being in a bubble now. Um, I think just, you know, the hardest part for me is not being able to 
go somewhere, you know, whenever you want. Yeah. Um, gone. You know, in, in Calgary, you could, up until I left, you know, I, I was in Prince George before this. So I left for Calgary. I left Calgary in uh, October. So then it was still fine. You know, you could go out and do whatever you wanted, basically. And then, you know, when I was in Prince George before this, there was, there were like no cases up there. So it was pretty much just normal. Um, then coming here, just having everything very, very strict and, uh, well, very regimented. It's definitely been a tough adjustment, but, uh, once we kind of got, you know, used to the, to the whole routine, it, it got a little easier. And then, um, I think the, the highlight for me, um, the last couple of days, yeah, I'll go the last couple of days. Cause there's been some pretty cool moments. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys have probably read articles about how, uh, you know, growing up, I idolized Justin Pogge and, and all that stuff. Um, actually I got a text from him yesterday. Um, you know, oh, wishing yeah. me luck and, you know, saying that, that he was, he was very humbled to hear that, you know, he was my, my idol growing up. So, um, that was something really special for me. Um, just having all that, all those years of looking up to him and then having him reach out to me was, was something that, uh, you know, I never expected, but, uh, it was some pretty special and, uh, you know, something pretty cool for me. Sure, man. I mean, I can't imagine having like my guy growing up was Kipper. He texted me right before you go into a tournament. That would be a pretty special thing for sure. Yeah, Friday um, night, NATO starting against the Junior B Calgary Royals. Calgary Royals blue or gold. <laughs> they don't just have one team. They got two. <laughs> yeah. Come up with a name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one thing here, since we got that time that I kind of wanted to bring up, um, you being a Calgary boy, I'm sure you're familiar with the Weisblatt family. And in the last couple of days, uh, it's something going viral. Ocean Weisblatt was arrested for skating on an ODR. Um, we don't know the full story, what was going on, if he was violating the COVID bylaws, but what's your take on that? I know a lot of guys yeah, have one about it. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a sensitive, uh, topic right now. It's definitely something that's pretty crazy right now. Um, you know, with all those restrictions going on. Um, and you know, having it happen to someone that you actually personally know, um, you know, it's something I don't really have an opinion on it right now. Um, you know, I've never been someone to jump to conclusions about, you know, who is in the right or who is in the wrong. You know, I definitely think that there could have been steps taken, um, either way to, to make it more civil. But at the end of the day, I think that you know, if you want to skate on an outdoor rink with some of your buddies and all the power to you, um, I I don't think that it should have gotten to that point, but who knows what happened before the the camera came on or, um, what happened after the came, the the camera stopped recording. So we only know a little bit of it and that's kind of my, my point, uh, my opinion on it. Yeah. What, what I heard about that is, um, so it specifically says in the Calgary bylaws that you're not allowed organized games. You're allowed to go and you're allowed to keep your social distance. But what happened there is there was a goalie wearing a big orange David Marcoux jersey on the ice. Dude, that was Orca. How was he? Where, whose gear was that? <laughs> I, don't well, know I saw that. He was wearing a Dave Marcoux jersey. Yeah. E-flex but anyway, moving on, no goalie would ever <laughs> go to an ODR without having organized a game. So the cops, I don't know if they're informed or if this is just a rumor. Again, I'm just giving the information, but... 
um, they're kind of walking, finding ODRs. And if there's a goalie there, they know that there's being restrictions being disobeyed. So for anyone listening, keep that in mind again. I don't know. I don't know who would go to an ODR and be a goalie to begin with. Oh, oh, it's terrible. Different kind of crazy, but uh, I guess that's public service announcement. Yeah. Yeah. PSA. Don't go I, on uh, to Jack Lake, Lake just full gear. Well, yeah, I went up to a lake a couple of weeks ago just because I hadn't skated. And I had buddies on the Eagles who wanted to shoot, but there were so many kids coming out. Hey, can I shoot on you? I was like, I don't want to be a nice guy, but like, that's just, that's anyway, moving on. Well, you got the 25 year old guys that think they should be in the NHL firing yeah. slap shots at you. Yeah. You're just Even when there. you're a young kid, the worst is yeah. when I go out and I'd be like 10 years old and I got some absolute loser coming in and just shooting at my throat. Never again. It's terrible. Yeah, just a 30-year-old French-Canadian mullet ripping behind him, gut hanging out with a cigarette in his mouth, asking if he can take oh. a clapper on you. That's going to be no, NATO in two years. <laughs> <laughs> That's me now, minus the French-Canadian and the mullet, man. I got the, I got the bar- I'm a barrel master now. Nope. No hockey. I've been sitting in my room for a month. I, saw that, milk I saw that dumper in the summer. <laughs> looking good it's getting bigger buddy i can't i actually bursted through my pants the other day ripped it right <laughs> off the crotch yeah <laughs> wasn't uh wasn't the best scene but i would pay money to see, i would pay good money to see that i, I bet you would my serbs already dried up i that's something that i would prioritize <laughs> i'd have to get paid to see that i think not a pretty sight don't worry i keep the underwear on most of the time Awesome, man. All right. Uh, I don't know if there was there any other stories that we glossed over that from the bubble or from whatever that you wanted to talk about, or it's all been pretty like contained. There hasn't been anything too crazy going on. No. Um, oh, with us being kind of not locked, not locked down anymore. But you know, we're not really yeah. able to do much. There's not uh, not too much that goes on in here that the reporters haven't already reported on. Yeah, that's fair. Are you, are you guys, are all the teams in the same hotel right now? Um, what are we? We're group A. All the, all the group A teams are in this hotel. And then uh, the other groups are in a, a different hotel, like down the street. So in the player lounge, are you guys, are you going to be allowed to like mingle amongst other teams? No, no. Oh. Each, each team has their own, uh, has their own lounge. Oh, okay. I was going to say Russians would be popping in the corner and go, so sneak up. Hey, you got some, got some gas. <laughs> you got some gas for me. That's, that's going to be a life experience for a couple of years down the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, experiment with it here. Let's hope that Goats never has to uh, consume the Russian gas in his life, and this tournament goes over well. And no, uh, no, no jinxing or anything. But I'd like to see uh, some hardware after this. But anyways, Dude, look at your mic. You just did like a three sixty, and twenty five percent of what you just said sounded good. Uh, I know this audio is going to be fucked anyways. But yeah, we're uh, Sorry, guys. Maybe maybe after the tournament, we can get you on again and hear hear a couple more stories. I'm sure people won't be uh, tired of seeing that seeing the face after this. Yeah, I'll uh, he'll let me know if things, if things go well. I'll definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if things go well and if the PR team hears this and doesn't immediately gas us <laughs> I think it was pretty contained it was a lot better than last yeah. time yeah. it was a lot better than last time I'm surprised yeah all my, good. All, all my good behavior now yeah <laughs> poster boy you can't be out here uh, talking yeah. about you know what I'm not even going to go into it yeah don't even, say it. Don't, not, won't even say it yeah. won't even say delete, it won't even say it delete the old episode too so people <laughs> 
Dude, we've deleted like six episodes on this so many. because of guys asking us after, hey, that's not a good look for me. Can you uh, chop it up? But, I told you guys, and then I was like, ah, fuck it. I don't care. No, you don't fucking care. No one listens to it anyways. Come on. It's just like Brent. It's just goal. It's just goalie companies that listen to give me shit. Yeah. I don't hear it from anybody. And, and apparently Banff Hockey Academy too, which Shout is now to disbanded. Shout out to Vaughn Hockey. Love yeah. It. Shout out to Vaughn, which will be listening to this. No hate. No hate to Vaughn. Goats, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we appreciate it a lot. And, you know, good luck to you in, in the rest of the tournament. Hope to, see, uh, hope to see you between the pipes on TV, buddy. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I appreciate having you know, maybe not again. Hope to hope to talk to you guys soon. Yeah, of course. All right. Sweet. Take care, later. man. Talk to you later. All right. See you, boys. See ya. Jay's, we come back and Jay's just mucking a banana. <laughs> you only had like 30 seconds. You run to your kitchen, grab a banana and come back. Yeah. Wow. You're always eating something. We were trying to do an intro one day and Jay's eating like, you were in Kelowna. I think it was just like training camp. Uh, you're eating like snap peas. <laughs> yeah, snap peas. The loudest snack. I'm glad you got the mushy banana today, but it's fucking ridiculous. Merry wow. Christmas, boys, by the way. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah, you guys got anything cool? 10 for one gift card to get some disposable vapes. I got <laughs> the other The other day when the restrictions were a little bit more lax, we're all, we're all firing it up, me and my roommates, all those guys. Over and Nate comes over with like a Safeway bag, like completely full of disposable vapes. And he's like Santa. He's handing them out. And he's like, here you guys go. Well, he's like, wanted them. So I had was like, spot. there's like twelve guys there. He's like, one for you, one for you. <laughs> McVeigh. Yeah. McVeigh calls. I, I was talking to him, and he goes, he goes, I got a, a guy delivering a box spring to me at a at like what at like one forty five his time today. I was like, oh why? Well, you can fucking tell the story. Hey, yeah. So, so my box spring is like snapped. I kid you not. In every possible way, it can be broken. I have no idea how this happened. So one day, I'm like kind of lying there. I'm like, fuck. Like, kind of feels like something's pushing into me. And, and I take off. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, I look at my mattress. Like, there's nothing there. I'm like, maybe it's my box spring. And I push my mattress off, and I look at my box spring, and it's like fucking like this into my back. <laughs> Like the wood is like split up and it's like sticking out like this. And dude, you should see how loud this bed is. I can't even move. Like when it's good when thing I, your girlfriend doesn't live there. <laughs> it was my it was my girlfriend that noticed it. She's like, why is your bed so loud? And I was like, um, I don't really, I never really noticed. It. I never really thought of it. And dude, now it's so loud. Like I'll move over and it'll wake me up. Is it an IKEA special? <laughs> I wish it was a fucking IKEA special, dude. It's some like bullshit. I'm you have married. a cheaper bed than an Ikea bed? <laughs> what you, where did you dude, get it? The, Fucking the spring? Dick the Sporting box. Goods? <laughs> no, dude, it, was like, it, was, it was like, it was supposed to be good. It's, it was like, I paid like $150 American for it. It's brand new. It should <laughs> be nice. It's expensive for a bed. Think. Dude, I don't think it's as dirt as possible. Dude. I don't know, like just no, just the box spring. We're just talking box spring here. Oh, okay. Yeah, not the bed. No, dude, I didn't. You're talking all I didn't of it. Ask, I was like, Holy I didn't try shit. to buy a bed off the homeless guy. Dude, this, I bought this bed for thirty bucks. You know, I could have had oh. like, could have had like six six inches. You know, hey, fucking bring expensive. up while I have this in my mind. So, we're supposed to go to the NCAA tournament. They shut down our rink. They shut down everything, and they take out the ice. And um, they let the homeless live in there until 
like for months and we're trying to get back into our rink and the homeless won't leave the city like is trying to get it back in when we first come back this and like three oh. people died in there like a drug overdose the other one had like a cardiac arrest from something oh yeah man Oh my wow. god, I bet you're right. Fuck. Okay. There's I mean, so like, obviously homeless shit people vomit stains in your crease. Dude, Holy shit. That, that's what we're talking about. Like, I never want to play there ever again. <laughs> they still have a good night in that ring. We just practice on like a, our practice rink right beside it. We haven't like they don't even haven't even put it in yet, which is dude. How do you get that stench? How many months were they, they living in there? Okay, so they were in there from so March is when it ended. We, they took out the ice almost right away. So it was probably start of May. They were in there. And we came back September. We had to do all our, because you're not allowed to skate like with your coach under NCAA until October yeah. 15th, whatever. It's like two weeks before the season starts. And we had to do all our captain skates out in Chippewa Falls, which is a town like 20 minutes away because uh, they they were still in there. So oh they're in there for man. I'm, I'm trying to understand why suddenly are there are the homeless people were they well, homeless people had to move in there. Like, it's not like they did well, that, they do that every it was, year. It was all for them. Like they set up beds in there, like in the beds, there's everything. And the funny thing is, is that like they set it up during the summer, like the one time a year and it gets, it gets like muggy hot, like Ontario hot out here. Oh, so like if anything, like I would love to sleep outside. If I was a homeless, that'd be the best time of year. <laughs> <laughs> so this is that's gotta be that's gotta be dumb, in the dumb, midst dumb. of a pandemic. That's gotta be COVID central in there. No Dude, way. And, like, well, that's what like that's what we were. I like, think their their whole idea behind it, I guess, was to get them all into one area so it wouldn't spread. Oh, but they were allowed to leave. They were allowed to leave. So they would leave, and then like what my roommate. uh went to our rink like just like we have like a back entrance into our and we could get into like our dressing room and stuff and uh there was a needle sitting outside there and like okay there's not that many homeless people in Eau Claire like there's probably 40 30 30 you have an exact See? number <laughs> <laughs> he's personal friends with all of them yeah, just, just poke my head and went to <laughs> yeah, I, I keep i keep a, a hard count on the homeless population so. no anyway so like we couldn't even like we couldn't even use our rink because the homeless were sleeping in it so dude people think story. this new strain of the coronavirus started in great britain fuck no it started in fucking eau claire wisconsin <laughs> holy shit at, at hall's ice arena <laughs> <laughs> that's where they traced it back Jesus Christ. All right, let's get back on the rails a little bit here. Um, I want to <laughs> well, I, I talk about, this is a Trav for Oilers hate podcast. Um, uh, <laughs> and McVeigh probably has the best experience of all. We, we've talked about him here in the pod before. I have, gen, I have genuine reasons to dislike what he does because I think he's a, a little bit of a scumbag. But you can listen to that in a different episode. Um, McVeigh, no, so you've, you've had a couple DMs. Yeah, all episodes. You've had a couple DMs with, with Trav before. You want to share your experience with him? Yeah, so when I first got to Manitoba, I uh, I kind of knew who he was. Not really. I'd seen him on Instagram here and there. Um, and then just, I don't know, like somehow he just found me, I guess. And like it kind of messaged me. We were talking like nothing against like him at the, like there. He was, like, he was just talking like, it was just kind of like out of the blue. It was kind of, I don't know, like I don't message dudes on Instagram, but I mean, and, and then like we were talking and stuff. And then like, he'd always ask for like, like if I was playing like anywhere close to Winnipeg, he'd ask for like tickets. 
to the game. Number one, it costs like ten dollars to get into a game. Number two, this is the NHL. I don't get tickets everywhere we go. <laughs> so I was like, oh, sorry, man. Like, like I just can't get tickets. Like, I'm sorry. Whatever. And then like ten spot, buddy. Like, what the fuck? And then he would just kind of like he'd hit me up out of the blue. Kind of, but probably the best, like, and like, we just like talk like hockey, whatever. It wasn't anything crazy, but probably the best Trav for Oilers story I have is uh, when I was at, when I was committed to Stevenson, uh, they have like an ACHA division two program there. So like club hockey division two, like club hockey, like they're the top, like 10 teams aren't that bad. Like I will give them that. Like some of the teams are pretty good. Like if you go to like ASU, like half those guys are pretty good players. They just want to be as his team, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like some of those guys are pretty good. Um, but Liberty. Yeah. Liberty. That's, that's like they, Div one though. That's, that's a different league. That's where Hunt's Oh, I thought that's what we were No, this is all sorry. I'm talking Div one right now. That's my bad. Yeah. No, that's oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like the, the yeah. division one, like some of it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, you start to go into Div two. It's more of just like a for fun thing kind of it's idea. Almost intramurals at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They, they practice twice a week and they play one game on the weekend. Sounds like Calgary yeah. junior B baby. Yeah. So it, it's fun. Like, like I would a hundred percent, like, if I wasn't like playing hockey at school, like I would definitely try to like play some kind of like, you know what I mean? Like it's not that big of a commitment. Um, but he got invited to like their ACHA. Um, I don't know if you want to call it a camp, like spring camp kind of idea. So he flew all the way to Baltimore, Maryland from Winnipeg, went to the camp. And then, uh, he found out like I was going there, like to play hockey. He's like, dude, like, it's ACHA division two and you're playing like NCAA division three. And I was like, okay, there's no division two in NCAA. Like there's just Whoa. one and three. Like that said, he's like, dude, it's, it's really good hockey. Like you should consider just playing ACHA. And it was like trying to like convince me to just like play ACHA. And he's like, dude, like just go to like another school and just play like ACHA. It's way cheaper too. Oh and I was like, oh, I, I sorry. I'm on a fucking, I don't know if you know I'm on a scally. <laughs> like what do you so I was just like i just like uh no like i just I, like i've always been like nice and everything but you're he, too polite you're mcveigh is literally <laughs> i swear to god mcveigh i just told him that he's too polite to me he is i swear <laughs> to god the nicest hockey player you'll ever meet whoever that lady was on the view telling people that uh hockey players are are scumbags clearly haven't met riley mcveigh but continue <laughs> yeah so he's like trying oh, to convince me to play like ACHA division two and then just like never even like showed and then just like said he was like invited to steven said all that stuff and like nobody like knew who he was when I got there. I was like, do you guys know like, like I, cause I got to know some of the club guys, great guys, yeah. awesome dudes. Um, we shared the same rank as them. So we'd kind of just like pass here and there or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, I have no idea who that guy is. And he talked like he was like, you know, like the savior of that team. That wow. guy's elite prospects is such a joke. I'm like, every time has I'm he, like, has what, he played anywhere that like is on elite prospects? Yeah, he has. It's like the, he went, he played one game in the SI. I don't know how the SIJHL, which is a junior A-League, but it's the one worst junior A-League call-up. Yes, worst junior A-League in, like, in like, Canada. Like, the MJ would be, like, like I was put like AJ, BC, CC, like... Oh, I, like oh we MJ had a whole episode ranking them, bro. Yeah, so, like, I would say that's kind of, like, a... Call it six... In, in like, mid-league, right? Like, it's not the... The BC. SI? I'd say it's the worst no, junior no, 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 the oh, SI, uh, the, the MJ. Oh, like yes. League. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, we, like we had, like, Average. four or five guys on my team go D1. Like, guys are, guys are good or whatever, but... Yeah. Um, but, like, we would send our guys that, like, came to camp and, like, just did not pan out at all. Like, guys that signed, like, out of midget that were, like, pretty good or whatever would come there, and we'd send them, like, to the SI. And, like, those guys would just be absolute rock stars. 
Yeah, and he didn't even. So again, I I can't be chirping people's hockey abilities. Oh, Riley's will take a call. That's fine. Go ahead. I think we've told on this podcast. Obviously, Riley would know a few of these characters that Nate and I see at ProSkate. I think we've talked about like Black Ice guy before. Just like this this semi, this quasi homeless guy that drinks a, a 15 or a black ice every day and he stumbles across the parking lot. But there's one more character that's even a little bit more special. And he, um, Riley, I don't know if you've ever come across this guy. He's, he's famous for, um, he's got this theory about goaltending where you should wear two blockers. I know the man you're speaking of. Well, yeah. So no way. Dude, so, Riley, you're gonna shit. So yeah, it's Riley's uncle. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, this guy has like, it's like his hair and his beard are just one piece. He, like, dude, he he looks like something out of Where the Wild Things Are. He wears like this ratty ass jacket, and there's man, he lives in like the middle of the mountains. And if anyone ever finds his Twitter, like it's he has this like whole conspiracy theory thing about how he's hunting for this treasure. He doesn't stop talking about it. he's hunting for treasure, and he's We're like pretty sure he's a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, and he always is talking about like how he's in love with like Team Canada women's players and like how he's like super sexually attracted to them. It's so weird, and he comes in and he makes me violently uncomfortable every time he comes in. Like anyway, Nate's never met this guy, and cut to us working at Pro Skate, just me and Nate peak of like the virus peak of like yeah. cases getting really bad in calgary nato take her away so i first of all what's do you know his twitter handle off by heart no i don't want to like, dox this guy or anything i want to dox this guy but you know it's fine so pete had told us about this guy before and like fab said he'd met him i'd never seen him before um he is clearly delusional schizophrenic like i'm not going to chirp him for having like mental health problems or whatever because i don't know the guy um but he has like, I think he has like a restraining order against like from team Canada goalies. Like he is completely insane. So one day we're sitting there peak of the virus and I'm just going to paint the scene. So we had, first of all, we had Soph, uh, yeah, Sophie, this girl, female goalie from Calgary here's in the store with her dad and another guy getting the skate sharpened and open the, the door opens and I see this guy walk in. So he's wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs fucking top hat with ears on the side he's wearing toronto maple leafs uh jacket like bright blue uh blue like capris almost like very long shorts and i think that he had blue cowboy boots on i don't remember the shoes but it was all blue no mask and as soon as he walks in i'd forgotten about this guy i'd never seen him before and i'm like i know exactly who this guy is so immediately i'm in almost like a fight or flight because i know he's not wearing a mask and right away he doesn't have one in his hand. I'm like, I'm gonna have to tell this guy to put a mask on. So he comes in. I try and be as normal as possible. I don't want to like rile him up. I'm like, hey man, how's it going? I'm just gonna have to ask you to throw a mask on, um, you know, in, in compliance with city mandates. And he goes, uh, I'm gonna have to decline. And he's got this weird accent, man. It's like he's trying to talk like he's like Abraham Lincoln. It's like, I'm gonna have to, dec- I don't know. I don't know. I'm not gonna try and do it. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave then. And he goes, why can't I just stay six feet apart? And I'm like, that's not the law. Like I have the right to refuse service to anybody for whatever reason. And this is a legitimate reason. Put a mask on or you can't be in here. And he goes, he, I, 
I'm a little foggy on this because I go into full like I when I get into situations like this, my adrenaline starts pumping fast. NATO was tunnel vision. He was seeing just like three <laughs> centimeters in Dude. front of him. <laughs> I'm gonna try and keep this story clean because I know I got I got every brand rep in the world listening to this podcast because Goats was on here, but um it it escalated pretty quick. He started talking about like bylaws. He was like, Well, bylaw 14 points. I'm like, dude, that doesn't exist. Like whatever you're saying, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even, even if you came in here, I didn't like your face. I can tell you to leave legally. doesn't matter. So he starts going off. Fabulous. I don't know. Do you remember something? Cause I don't, I don't remember the specifics of it. I don't know if you remember what was. Yeah. Saying. I was just kind of standing behind the till. I was playing, um, I was playing safety way out back. I was like, yeah, if this, if this gets bad, I'll, I'll come in, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to not involve myself here. Right. So it escalates pretty quick to the point where he's oh, like, yeah. I was like, uh, if I'm this like, escalates, I'm going to come in. And immediately it did. <laughs> yeah, immediately. And I'm like, Fabs, call the cops. So I kind of wanted to threaten it. I knew that if I told him I'd call the cops, he'd probably leave, but he wasn't leaving. He kept on going, what is your name? I'm like, I'm not telling you my name, dude. He's like, what is your name? And at this point, he's like three feet away from me, like spitting on me. So I'm like, dude, you need to back off. I'm calling the cops right now. You need to back off or I, or I, I think I threatened him. I like, I'm like, I'm, I'll physically remove you from the store is what I said. And I'm just and sitting in the shop kind of fake yeah. dialing 911. Yeah. So it's like, wait, this, like, <laughs> this is well within my rights to say this. And, and he, he's like, what's your name? What's your name? I'm like, I'm not telling you my name. You fucking blueberry. Like, I don't, what are you talking about? And he keeps going. And meanwhile, the people who were in there were just kind of standing by not doing anything. And I'm like, I mean, they're like full grown men too. And they're just standing there like feet away from this guy, not saying a single word. And I'm like, you need to leave right now. He's like, fine, I'm leaving. But I want to know your name. Like, I'm not giving my name. So he starts walking out the door and I thought he couldn't this hear me is, anymore. This is where this NATO is, fucks up. This is, this is, this is the, the worst decision I could have made. Um, I thought he couldn't hear me. So I kind of like look, or look to Fabs and Sophie and, and I say, sick fit. <laughs> <laughs> this guy heard me. I don't know how. He was already like a couple feet out the door. And he turns around, he comes barely in. He's like, What did you say? Did you just insult me? I'm like, dude, get out. I didn't even fuck her. I was like, get out, leave, leave right now. And he's like, You want to insult me? And he comes like getting closer. I'm like, I'm like, I will knock you out right now. Get out of the store. And at this point, I'm yelling. I'm like screaming. Like, to, like screaming. He's like, I'm like, screaming. Nate's, this guy is like, talking like he was saying get out, but in reality, he's like, no. Get out! Get the fuck out! Get out! Get out! Get out! And he wasn't wouldn't stop saying it <laughs> because he kept talking and he was coming towards me and I'm like I don't want to have to hit this guy because hey I've never been in a full out fist fight before and I don't want to have to hit a customer I don't know what the legality is whatever so uh, eventually he leaves the store and and the customers were in there I was like hey sorry guys like I was crazy I don't know what happened and they're like some this is something like uh, yeah it was a bit unnecessary and I was like where were you? I'm sitting here one-on-one -on -one with the fucking, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of, a, of a, an Dude, analogy. Dark guy. Remember that meme? It was dark guy from like three years ago. <laughs> Literally dark guy. And I know this story, it's, it's getting long, but just, it was insane. Like I, I've never had that much like adrenaline in me because I'm like, I'm gonna have to fight this like psychopath from the mountains who, who stalks team Canada goalies and thinks he's going to the NHL. I don't know. This guy might have a knife in his boot. He's got blue cowboy boots on. You don't fuck around with that. So um, just this, this is just a snippet of the customers and McVeigh, have you ever seen him come into the store before? Yeah, I had, I had an experience with him, um, in my second year working at pro skate, he came in, I'll just give like the gist of it. Anyway, he came in right away and 
um, for those that have been a pro skater, if you don't know him, the other guy I worked with, his name was Jordan. He's a pretty big dude. I would say he's six, three, two thirty something, two twenty. Like he's like, you don't he's want a big to big. Yeah. big. Yeah. So he's, he's in the, he's in the back, um, like in the skate sharpening room. I don't know if he's sharpening skates or just kind of whatever he was doing back there. And you can see like through like the glass and this guy comes in and he's like, uh, filming. And he's like, do you want to be in my movie? But that's the first thing he said to me. And he's like, um, I would uh, appreciate uh, if I wasn't in your movie. Um, and he's like, do I have permission to use the store name in my movie? And I was like, um, I'd prefer if you didn't use the store name, just like, just in, like, I didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was like, yeah, if you, if you could not use any of the footage from the store, that'd be awesome. Um, and he was very, he's like, he had like a camera good. from the eighties with him, eh? <laughs> oh yeah. It was not, it was not good. Like the whole situation was not good. And, um, I'm kind of like creeped out. Like, I don't know, not like creeped out, but I'm kind of just like, you do, you, you generally don't have you to the willies, man. People. Yeah. Like he looks like a guy that you don't want to like meet up with alone. No. Like if I saw this guy alone, I'd be kind of like, mm, I don't like this guy. So he starts telling me that this theory of having two blockers is better than one. Yeah. And start selling in the store. We should start selling sets of blockers because gloves aren't going to be a thing in a few years. Um, talking on and on. And then he says, I need a pair of knee pads for my movie because I'm uh, filming my road to the NHL. And I was like, Oh, okay. And at this point I know like this guy is he's rather on something. He's delusional. There's something going on. He's in his own little world. Same thing. Head to toe Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, the blue cowboy boots was correct. He does have no way. Yes. Yes. He had blue boots on. <laughs> and so I kind of look at Jordan and Jordan, like kind of like nods at me. So like, I know like he knows like, like so this isn't normal so and the knee pads are all the way around the back of the store at the time and i was like i don't want to take this guy to the back without jordan being there like i'm not a big guy i'm like 5 10 like i'm not i'm not gonna do anything <laughs> so i take this guy to the back, and he's like i want your best knee pad i don't care what it costs because i need it to be able to protect me against nhl caliber shots and i was like at the time i'm like oh it's gonna be an easy sale here i just grabbed him like like <laughs> Yeah, ones that are like $150, like the giant the CCM GFL pro knee pads. Oh, yeah, let's yeah. go. So I grab him those and he's like, they're perfect. He throws them on backwards and starts slamming his knees into the ice or into the ground. Sorry. He's like pretending to go down in the butterfly, like viciously. Like he is absolutely slamming his knees down. And he's like, these will do perfect. And what do you mean back, like on the wrong legs or like protecting the back of his knee? No, no, like just the wrong way, like okay. on the inside and everything. So like, it just could not have been comfortable for him. And he's slamming down. He's like, these are perfect. And then he like walks around the store some more, whatever, and then comes up to the front. And I, I checked this guy out and uh, he, he like talks to me for like 10 more minutes about just like two blockers, how he's going to play in the NHL, how this is his video to the NHL and yada, 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 and all this stuff. And kind of Jordan comes out at this point and, He's just kind of talking, whatever. And then he finally leaves. And like, it was just a really weird experience. And I never see the guy again until this summer. And I don't think I told you guys this. Oh. I was leaving Crowfoot or Crowfoot Arena. And he's sitting uh, out front. This is how I remember he's wearing blue cowboy boots. He's sitting in cowboy boots on a bike with a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey on out right out front of the arena and every goalie that comes out he's like you are is this a camp is this a goalie camp 
well, I'm going to play in the NHL. So maybe can I sign up? And he's like asking people how to sign up. And he's like, then he goes on and I hear him talking to somebody. I have no idea who it was. Fabs, your sister was here for this. Yeah. I don't know if you saw him or not, but, um, and he was talking about, um, how he's going to play in the NHL and how he's got two blockers and all this stuff. It's the same story. He tells the same story to everybody. So somehow he made it to Crowfoot arena and was outside waiting for like everybody to come out. It was, yeah. Yeah. We don't, I don't even know this guy's name. I don't think he's giving it out. I think he, I think he's pretty uh, secretive of it. Just like he wants to know everyone else's name. Yeah. I actually do know his name and it's, uh, I only know it because it was the same name as, um, the head coach of the Humboldt Broncos and they got in the the accent. It's the same first name. Oh and my he, God. Like, yeah, he has a few weird Twitter posts where he's like says they're kindred spirits or some weird shit like that. It's a little uncomfortable to watch, but so let's extend out the invite, whatever this guy's <laughs> name is. If he listens to this, dude, if he is part of this, I would be more than happy to get him on the podcast. I think that Man. would be a hell of an interview. I want to hear the story about two blockers. I want to see your road to the NHL. Come on. <laughs> that would be an absolute gong show. <laughs> that would yeah, be like no H3 way. having shoe nice on their podcast. Not that anybody knows what that is, but running out of time here, but uh, is there anything else Riley you wanted to talk about here? I mean, this is, this was incredible. I miss this so much. It was yeah. a lot of fun guys. I just, dude, I, I'm down to keep Like, do you guys have any good stories the last couple of months? I got one that will probably since these in West K uh, we had a Friday, Saturday night um, home and home against Vernon. Uh, we win both games back to back in overtime. So coach is happy. Vernon's a good team. We're happy. We worked hard and he gives us the green light. So first green light of the year, we're stoked. We're pumped. Like, um, not to say it's the first time we kind of did stuff, but it's the first time we did it with the coach's, um, consent. So anyway, um, so in junior, when you get a green light, you got to find a spot, obviously, uh, it's usually a billet house. So that's what happened here. It was Carter Wilkie's billet, uh, good old Calgary boy. Um, so anyway, my, I pick up, I'm with my billet brother, pick up a couple of guys. I'm DDing. Um, and we head to this house. So we get there. It's in West K, um, up on the side of a hill, pull up outside. Um, and right away, you can kind of tell this place is a little bit weird. Like just, just a little off. I couldn't put my finger on it right away. So we walk up and I open the door and I hit my head on the door, the top of the door frame. So I'm like, Oh, this is kind of weird. I think door frames are usually eight feet. This was six feet. Um, so that was a little weird. We go inside kind of walk up the stairs to kind of the entrance way. So I like, we say hi to the boys. I put my hand up, bam. I hit my hand in the ceiling fan, cut it open. I'm like what's, what's going on here? So it's, it's uh, like, I, I just feel off. Like something's off. House? House. Um, so we get upstairs. Uh, there's people sitting around the table playing cards. The billets are there. A couple of the boys are there. And I'm just, I'm still like kind of in banana lands. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I turn to my billet brother. I'm like, dude, like what's, what's happening? He looks me dead at the eye, dead in the eyes, like kind of cracks a smile. <laughs> and he's he he had been there for a while he kind of i like whatever but um so he looks me in the eyes he's like they're midgets and they're all high on mushrooms <laughs> this fucking billet house they were all little people it was the best thing nicest people ever let us party there they were all little people <laughs> they're on mushrooms they were high on shrooms all little people there was substances kind of or yeah, like they were just kind of fucked up and they were playing like whatever poker with the guys or something. It was early in the night, but yeah, these no people way. were just buzzing on psychedelics. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Okay, that's actually pretty good. good How'd the rest of the night go? 
it was a good night. Like I was kind of, I just got like really anxious and kind of claustrophobic in there. So I ended up like sitting on the patio most of the night with my goalie partners, just chilling. But like the it was, it was also like, fun size. Like, you're like, you got your knees to your chest. You look like buddy, the elf. Yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> it was just, everything was so small. Like the space between furniture and stuff in the living room, like everything was just kind of small. It was oh, like, yeah. I don't know if they did that on purpose. I don't know if they built the house custom and were just like, oh, we don't need regular ceilings. We're little people, right? So I would say they built the house custom if everything is, if the ceiling, if you can touch the ceiling. But fan. yeah, like I dead ass, like cut my hand open on the ceiling fan when I got there. <laughs> it's like, what's up, boys? Bam. So that's they, why Jay has no games played. Oh, okay. I have games played. I'm fucking kidding. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Man, that's really uh, just the same as any other BCHL. Exactly. That's okay. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That and that beats uh, that beats any team party story I have for like weirdness. Yeah, that was so. That's kind of that's the one hilarious. thing that came to my mind. That's all right. Of- well, boys, let's uh, let's wrap up this recording here. Uh, I'd like to thank again Taylor Gauthier for coming on. Uh, absolute all star guy. Chirped the shit out of me in that interview. Actually. Yeah. Like it was Still nonstop. Hey, did, did you listen Kirby doc before he got injured? He was on chicklets and he was asked like biz asked him like, who's the clown in the locker room? Who's the guy tucking it in with the mangina? And he's like, Taylor Gauthier. Taylor Gauthier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was Goats like, is- Suzuki maybe or something. And then he's like, Oh wait, no, actually Taylor Gauthier. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Goats is ripping three beers at every practice too. Yeah. <laughs> guys just crazy well yeah thanks i mean i'm i'm pumped to watch the rest of these games here canada plays again today against uh who? slovakia slovakia in a couple Maybe hours here we'll be watching that hope to see our uh hope to see our buddy there and and riley thanks thanks for coming on uh with us again wow for the first time seems like you've been on before but um it was awesome i'm, I'm, I'm glad we finally got you on here yeah, yeah thanks for guys story good contribution yeah, <laughs> yeah had a great time i'm gonna have to look out for that guy now <laughs> oh yeah dude he could you never know where if he's all the way up at crowfoot arena he could be anywhere so sure, you know, you're gonna see him on I'll just hype him up i'll skate in calgary somewhere with evolution or something and he'll be outside i'll just hype him up and be like two blockers yeah. i haven't even send, thought of that send him a twitter dm <laughs> send him a twitter dm invite him out just see how this guy is yeah that's oh, hilarious that get him on the ice all right boys well from all of us here at backups podcast merry christmas and a happy new year we hope to uh record another one again soon i doubt anybody's still listening this is like a three-hour episode but if you are congratulations your name's probably todd hiscock get a haircut you fucking loser um (laughs) off the rails uh yeah talk to everybody later have a great uh have a great weekend enjoy the world juniors all right see you boys see ya